Welcome to the third season of Women's Centers International Podcast. I'm Susan Burgess-Lent, founder and director of WCI. This third season is all about wise women. And today our first guest is Tracy Nails Bell, who is the founder and CEO of A Diamond in the Rough. A Diamond in the Rough manages three transitional houses in Oakland, California. Tracy, welcome. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me this morning. Tracy, let's begin with talking a bit about how you got into this work, a little bit about your background and and what motivates you. I can talk forever, but let's start with why I came up with a diamond in a rug. I think being alone and realizing that I had all these things that I thought was so wrong with me, stemming from my childhood, and realizing those things made me who I am today. I really grew from everything that I I went through in my life. It molded me into a diamond in the rough. I didn't have a bad life. My grandmother raised me. My mom passed when I was four. My dad um, was not in the picture. And growing up with my grandmother, she was trying to show me a different life. She was a very strong woman and a very guarded woman. She was left with two of her grandkids. She had two daughters and they died in her thirties. She was putting all these intricate parts of her life into me and letting me know the struggle that she endured when she was growing up in the civil rights movement. And I remember marching and I remember picketing at these different places around Chicago, but I didn't understand it. And now I'm living it. Now I'm seeing (laughs) the finished product (laughs) of what she was trying to cultivate and put in me. And so I respect it now. I respect that generation. I respect women. We don't have enough teachers. So Diamond in a Rough came about when I realized I mattered. That's a big discovery. (laughs) That's a big one. That is. The epiphany of it all, working on myself, allowed me to say, you know what? Wow. How many other women out there are seeking and trying to figure it out and and nobody actually said, hey, it's okay. And this too shall pass and you'll be okay. And so when I got that epiphany, I was 40, matter of fact, and it was just amazing. I found a meaning, a purpose. It's interesting because I was 40 as well. I think that's a pivotal age when I came sideways into my purpose, which really was women's centers. And it took a long time to embrace that. After the epiphany, you say, oh my gosh, there's all these other steps now. There's all these other pieces that I have to draw together to make it make sense. To make it connect. That's what life is. 
lessons. And when we get that part, we have the battle halfway won. When you go back and you keep saying, oh my gosh, I'm still doing this. You haven't <laughs> learned yet. And I don't think we right. learn on the first pass either. I think it might take, you know, two or three passes before we go, oh, now I got it. Exactly. So Diamond in the Rough started in 2008. You know, I had this business plan in my mind. I went to um, business entrepreneurship class in Oakland, California. I knew I wanted to help women. Okay, what does that look like? And I had to graduate with a business plan. Was you that women's to... initiative? Yes. Oh That's... my gosh. I cried when they closed up. Oh my God. I know. And it was a very good program. Yeah. Diamond in the Rough was a direct result of your time with women's initiative? That came a little bit later. I decided instead of being a number or part of the system, I can do that job that lady doing over there in the welfare office. And so I went to a smaller agency for maybe two years and I learned all that I needed to learn in that little agency. The door opened for me where I was able to work and receive childcare. It seemed like I'm always in the right place at the right time. I was an elevator with the, the ED of Four C's. And the and the ED said, oh, we're hiring at Four C's. I just came out the woodwork. I was like, oh, and guess what I had on me? My resume. <laughs> <laughs> How perfect is that? I said, oh, okay. So is it okay if I apply for this position? She said, sure. Just give your resume to so-and-so downstairs. And it all opened up for me that first day. Right place, right time. And so I, I, I worked for Four C's for almost 20 years. Um, in 2018, I decided to go full force with a diamond in a rough because I was working a full-time job. You'd already opened a, a, a transitional house by then, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so Diamond and Rough was running for 10 years prior to me leaving. You mean That's leaving a conventional job and just jumping right in to being yeah. full time? Yes. I remember that transition. I remember talking <laughs> about that. It was hard for me. It really was being used to something, a paycheck every two weeks. And knowing, oh, I'm going to be okay. That was the hardest thing for me. Total leap of faith. Absolutely. Yes. My leap of faith <laughs> came. And I believe that was probably the best thing that I've done in my life. It's scary as hell, but you got to do it. If you keep the, the job and try to do a major thing like run an organization, it, it's just not gonna come off. I couldn't give it my 100%. I tried that long 10 year period. It just took everything else that I had left and it was just taxing. And I, I realized 
I got to do something different in one or the other. But let me say this, being a case manager for that many years and seeing and working with families, low-income families, and seeing the change um, and seeing the families succeed and being a part of that helped me to grow mentally as well as emotionally. I had learned all that I could learn there. And now to take that, all that knowledge and wisdom and, and, and be able to use it for my own vision, building it up in Diamond in a Rough. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your, your <laughs> houses and, and the, the journey to open new houses. Who are the people that you're serving now? Originally, it was women that were homeless, coming out incarceration, in recovery. And then in 2019, I kind of opened my horizons. And here I go again, stepping out on faith, opened another house so that I could have two homes, one for families and one for single women. And the reason for families, because I had worked with families, I started seeing that they were homeless and they were in certain crisis mode and situations. And I wanted to be a part of the change in helping. 2020, COVID hit. To me, it was another aha moment in a, in a very um, good way for me, because I was like, okay, now I'm seeing the homeless crisis increase. And I was really eager to help. And I'm just one person, but I just felt like, okay, I'm going to help as many women as I can. And so I decided to apply for grants. 2020 opened two, two more houses. <laughs> so in, that made In the middle of a pandemic, no less. <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. So I... You know how I say you always have to see the blessing, even in crisis. What kind of in mental health issues were you, were you seeing? Ooh, the women that I, I really seen coming into my homes were schizophrenic, hmm. um, a lot of trauma behind abuse, sexual abuse, um, human trafficking, underlying depression, um, a lot of PTSD. We all have PTSD. I don't know who doesn't. <laughs> I agree with you there. I think 99% of the world is, is traumatized, you know. Exactly. Just... And as you should be. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Life, life but... is, is not kind. The houses were not just a roof overhead, but also you provided services. Right. So I, I made it a point to set up memorandum of understandings with different agencies to, that provide those services um, so that the, they can get the therapy or the clinical support that they need to move in, in, in the process of their 36 months. I believe that you can't be okay when you don't have stability. So having a place to live and put and lay your head down, that's first, foremost. Number two is 
giving you time to breathe. Breathe is a big word to me, breathe, because these women are in survival mode. There's no um, in between. It's like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Okay. I got to. Every day is an emergency, right? Exactly. So you have to allow them to just be there for a minute. I'm dealing with all different types of women, black, brown, Hispanic, Asian, women that had jobs, women that lost jobs, women in between or no jobs, never had a job, you know? So in learning the women, because I'm, I'm very hands-on, that's part of who I am. And so I'm able to have that empathy and that sympathy to the fact I can even tell them what they're feeling and I, it, it bothers me. Well, sometimes people need the words. They, they don't know what the words are to describe what they're going through. Mm, it's, a, it's some ugliness to some of the sides of these women. You, you get what I'm saying? The inside and to get to the point where I can get to them, that's the work. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to connect and build bonds and relationships for trust because they haven't been trusting anybody. They don't know how. And that's why I always talk about the first phase of coming to a diamond in a row, a heart to heart. You gotta know who you are. What type of person are you? Okay, you know, the bad, the good, the ugly, all that matters. Because when you start really looking at who you are, then you'll know where to start to change. We as women and men don't want to look at who, who we really are. Right? Yeah. Don't ask questions. Don't, don't ask. ask questions. Right. And so when you start asking questions, they break down. They really start, I'm broken. And who I'm asked really, them that ever before? Nobody does. Are you really tapping into that person and what that person is feeling or the trauma that's inside that person? Because it's layers and layers and layers. Diamond in the Rough is a 36-month program. It used to be two years. I said no. And this day and age and where we are in 2021, it takes way longer than two years, depending on the woman. Now, I've had women with children come in. They have a whole lot more than just the single women because now you're adding children into the equation. And a lot of times they don't know how to parent. All they know is, I got to work. I got to take daycare. And then by the time they get home, they're tired. They're depleted because of the hustle and bustle out there. So I watch them and I'm like, mm, we got to get some parenting skills in here. Coping skills. Yeah. Stress management. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think it, it, in general, there's an unrealistic expectation that once women are in a a support program that it'll take a little while and they'll be fine. 
but change doesn't happen like that, especially when you're dealing with, with trauma and people who have never really been parented. It's going to take as long as it takes. I always believe it takes that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And that is so true. I think I got it in my generation. I had that village. Even though I didn't have a mom or dad, I still had uncles, great uncles and aunties. And it was around me. But this generation, there's no big mamas and grandmas, like, you know, that really pour into the family. I have to really be careful too, because I want to do all this and give all this. I love the fact that you had the idea of the Women's Center. Because that was part of my business plan down the road. And I wanted to be a part of the change in the community and having that center. Because in right now, this is so important. It's not about just the housing component. It's about providing those resources to bring back hope. I think a lot about the women's centers, obviously. And, and bringing back Oakland Center is right on top of my priority list. And one of the things about a women's center, which I think that you instinctively know and also pretty well articulate, is that women do better when they're together, when they understand that here is a place where I am, first of all, safe. Second of all, I can ask for things or identify a need. And somebody here we'll figure out a way to meet it. We revive this centuries old uh, tradition of women gathering for mutual support, the quilting bees, the kinds of things that women did together. And that's where they talked. That's where they got to know each other. But then you add this resource delivery piece. That's what makes it so energetic, so important. So, you know, your interest in, in the Oakland Women's Center, I just went, oh, yes. Because I, I know they can flourish if they have all these different components. You need that. You need those components to thrive. For Black women, we tend to veer away from that because we want to be known like we got it together and we have all the pieces and no we don't we have been the head of families and what we fail to realize we can't be a man we have to be a woman and what does that look like for a woman i've rebirthed twice <laughs> so so now let's say this is the third time so so now the rebirth of being a diamond in a rough. These women that I work with, they have taught me to be the best me. I'm a teacher, but I'm also a pupil. Yeah, I think we all are, both teachers and students all the time. We right. have to be humble enough to learn. And, and that's the key, being humble, being and living in humility at, at such a time right now. People don't want to be humble. <laughs> Why not? If we did that more of that, we wouldn't be where we are. 
So I think the women's center is gonna, that's what we need, more compassion. Not sympathy, empathy, because then we can break down those barriers and, and, and all this, these walls that stem from black women, women in general. Mm-hmm. We can have conversations and feel safe. That's my number one thing, being, being real with self. It took me a long time to have a voice, Susan. I can remember shutting down every time I wanted to say something. And no, I don't know that maybe be the wrong question or no, I don't know, you know, how to say it, whatever. We can't be afraid to speak. We don't come from the same place, but that's, that was okay. Because I learned from you. I learned from you a lot too. You've been my teacher from day one, you know. And I think, you know, the wisdom that you bring to the work that you do is hard won. You paid your dues going through stuff that was hard and coming out the other side saying, I did my best. I humbled myself to be receptive to the incoming, to a a new understanding, a new way of thinking. And and now I'm on the other side and I have a lot more tools in my toolkit that, you know, I can use working with other women. You're one of the wisest people I know. That's why I invited you to be here. (laughs) Thank you. That's a lot. (laughs) Maybe you could say a couple of the most important things you've learned in the work that you do? I've learned to trust your instincts. Nonprofit is a hard business to uh, do. I have to be careful. So I have to go on my, what I feel and sense because I'm, I'm working with all types of people. And so, and they don't always have your best interest. I had to learn, okay, I failed. If that, that didn't work. And sometimes we think it's failing, but it's, it's probably just a setback for a minute for something else greater than what you were thinking about. Yeah, I, I, I think failure says not this way. There's another way. Try again. And then number three, learning to stay in your lane. What's your lane? Oh, that's a good one. I get a lot of from different directions because of what I am doing. We tend to build each other up to build each other down as women. And so I've learned everybody ain't going where you're going. You have to find people like you, like-minded people. And so I've learned to find those like-minded people before I was like grabbing a hold to anybody and thinking everybody's for me and everybody wasn't. Mm -mm. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Finding finding the, the right allies is absolutely essential. Important. Yes. I think they show up 
when you're just going about doing your business yes. the best you can and they kind of go noticing and they go, oh, let's talk. And, you know, you find out, well, those people actually have a lot to contribute to what I'm doing and probably I have a lot to contribute to what they're doing. So exactly. there's the alliance that powers you through. It's about perfect timing. And I think when you're doing it at the right time, mm -hmm. that's when it comes. The Oakland Transitional Housing Alliance, your three organizations working together is such an obvious and perfect arrangement. You draw power from those kind of alliances. I feel the power. We're all on one accord. We meet every Friday. And so we get to, we just get to talk and, and release. And I didn't never have that before, Susan. And that's so, that's value to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is part of self-care really is, is having other <laughs> women who you can say, this is what's happening. And they understand. That's what I mean by the rebirth evolving. Those things matter. If I, I think I've just seen the different stages of a diamond in a rough and where I have, I keep elevating. I've watched you grow and it's been just breathtaking. I'm, I'm really honored that uh, we work together. We have an, a new, another alliance that we're forming. Yes. You know? It's a natural. It really is. Oakland Center will, will happen. I've always believed that. I mean, the, the day it closed, it broke my heart. And I thought, what did I miss? How did, how did this not work out? I think it was closed there. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't supposed to be there. It's going to find its home. I met you at the Women's Center. And we didn't even know what that, you know. Yeah, but we didn't know where that was going. But Energy, right. And so yeah. I think we are coming into full circle for where we, why we were meant to meet. Yep. Sometimes it, it takes a little while for that that recognition to click in and you go, oh, that's why we met, you know, for not, not just these things that we did do together, but the bigger thing that we will do together. Exactly. That connection with me and you has lasted. Thank you so and much, Tracy, for joining me today. Every time we speak at length, I learn new stuff and I'm always like, oh, didn't know that piece. All right. Bigger picture now. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. The next interview will be with Tracy Williams, who is the founder of Urban University, also runs a transitional home. If you like what you hear today and, and on our previous podcasts, you can support Women's Centers International and our work and our alliances to rebuild Oakland Women's Center and support Baraka Center and many more centers to come. Check in at womenscentersintl.org. We'll see you next time.